What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Today we have a different kind of episode for you all. We know how important the Black Lives Matter movement is and we want to do our part. The Army fandom consists of people from all backgrounds, ethnicities, races, and genders. Black Army is just as important as everyone else. We'd like to take this time to help give them a platform, and hopefully this will help people better understand what has been going on. Today, we have special guests joining us to discuss Black Lives Matter. So please welcome Monique, Desi, and Emily. Woo! Introduce yourselves, please. Hi, guys. I'm Monique. I'm a listener of the podcast. Oh, yeah, she's a premium listener, so it's really excited. I think, I believe you are our first premium listener to be part of this podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm so honored, yes. <laughs> okay, my name is Desi March. I'm a K-pop YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And Desi has, they also have a podcast with Bruce. We could shout that out now and then we'll give more information about it. Like, oh, the podcast. Oh, yeah. I've also got a uh, podcast, Brizzy Talk with Briss. Yeah. And um, I'm Emily Heidel. I'm one of the producers for this podcast, as well as for Brizzy Talk. Um, and I also host um, a podcast with Dre um, called In My Feels. Um, yeah. So I'm very honored to be a part of this oh, thank you guys so much for joining us today <laughs> yes thank you so much for taking the time to join us in this important important episode uh, mm -hmm. we want to be able to give your our listeners a better understanding about black lives matter the movement the history of black people and why this has become a movement mm -hmm. uh, so our first question that we have um and feel free to jump in <laughs> um how have you been feeling the last couple of weeks? Supported, confused, frustrated, or a combination of all those feelings? Um, I've been feeling uh, like overwhelmed with like gratefulness at this point. Cause like, I know it's like, um, I kind of think of it as like this, everything happens for a reason. So I think it was kind of written like it's some kind of like divine intervention that like a pandemic happens. You have to stay inside your house. You're like frustrated about whatever you're frustrated about. And then like on top of that, there's someone there's people still getting killed out here for no reason and like you can't get away from it at this point because social media is so powerful so to yeah. see everything that i seen on the internet and then when i went to protest i was like yo i'm about to my eyes are about to like water up and i'm like in a happy way like this is the craziest feeling i've ever gotten and i felt like like i think the closest i've got to that is probably like 
maybe like going to a wedding or something like, like mm-hmm. that kind of feeling like just overwhelming like joy and like that's basically how I felt yeah like def in the beginning I I was feeling really just exhausted because mm-hmm. I was just like here mm-hmm. we go again with this like mm-hmm. and you like because of of the pandemic like you have no other choice but to be inundated with it just like what Desi was saying like you're you, like you're on social media all the time it's being blasted like you have no choice but to see the video or some parts of it or a still of it so um, it was it was definitely exhausting. Um, but as you know, as the weeks have have gone on, and um, as more people have been like standing up and saying something, it like gratefulness and hopefulness ha- has definitely like risen in me. And I'm like, this is definitely different. This is different from all of the other times. And and you can see it like there's evidence of it like like everywhere. And um, just the overwhelming support that I've gotten from like my white friends. Like I, mm-hmm. I was joking around with my one of my friends uh, today, and I was like, I don't think I've ever had you know many white people, you know, hit me up. Like this is kind of strange. Wow, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Like the at first, <laughs> uh, Dre and I were talking about it. I was like, at first, it was it was kind of awkward because I was like, how do I like, it was a lot of, like, I'm here for you, you know, if you need anything, blah, 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 like, that kind of thing. And I was like, huh, uh, thanks. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was, like, a weird, like, I don't know how to respond to this. But um, I was all the more, you know, grateful. And and I think one of the things that was so interesting with it all and almost confusing in a way is, like, despite all the media and stuff that's going around, like, you know, seeing people's, you know, overwhelming support on social media and Desi you know we spoke about this a little bit too uh, i guess through text but like seeing everyone's overwhelming support um Mm -hmm. and like for the first time ever was kind of just like where was the support in 2013 and 2014 and 2015 like Mm -hmm. when this was this was happening all the same and Mm -hmm. you know the fact that there is a huge pandemic where like people can't ignore it like they are looking at their phones 24 7 now as a blessing but also it's just confusing because it's like y'all knew it was happening like and it took Mm -hmm. this much to you know get you you know everybody else on board so like um I don't know it was confusing and uh and seeing people and now now I remember last week when I was having conversations with some of my like my uh my black friends I was like do y'all feel like this is a special on the black out Tuesday thing? Like, do y'all feel like this is all for show all for a trend? Mm-hmm. And, um, at first, uh, at first they were like, no. And then as it went on, they were like, they started seeing people who they knew for a fact. And we all like know people for a fact that have said and done some racist stuff in front of Ooh. me, in front of them. And then mm-hmm. they were posting, I'm here with you. I'm blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bruh like uh, this is it, it started to get annoying in a way sorry i'm like on a rant right now but i'm just no, like, you're good, you're I just have to, like no you're good I, like when and and then and you can see it now everybody can see it now it's starting to fade people have started to post the normal things and not that they should continue to you know flood everybody's pages but mm-hmm. um you can see the people who were who are still edu- dedicated to educating themselves and um continuing to pay attention to the news and the injustices and the you know, microaggressions, whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. and like recognizing, mm-hmm. you know, the privilege that is there or may not be there. But, um, you know, it, it's just, I think overall it's been a confusing time, but also a grateful time because, and, you know, it's finally 
happening like there's right. no support from you know outside of the black race and people are now realizing like holy shit sorry 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 holy crap like you know racism racism is still alive and deep right. and you know it's, it's affecting people more than just what you say um and how you look at somebody it's like the systems which i know you want to talk about roseanne anyway sorry for my long rant <laughs> No, you're fine. It's just really amazing to see like not only people in the US are protesting, but literally everyone around the world from yeah. UK, Japan, even Korea. Like I just recently yeah. saw news about Korea protesting against it. It's just because it, I want to address that racism is not only happening in the US, but around the world. And everyone knows this. And we're basically fighting for basic human rights, you know, like just equality. Equality, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like... This is like a, not only is COVID a pandemic, but I feel like racism is a pandemic as well. De you know definitely. Yeah, 100%. But I mean, what is the best way for people to be sensitive to this issue? Um, I would say uh, you got to throw out those like, those long lived like phrases that people will say, because like some people don't even catch themselves like, Oh, mm -hmm. I have a I have a black friend or I dated a black person or like mm -hmm. oh I'm not I'm not a racist I have a black friend or I'm not my friend's gay or this that's still like you're still racist you're still homophobic like mm -hmm. that's still like and you don't even know it at that point because you've been conditioned to like to to deflect it or do whatever you want to do or say whatever you want to say to like are you against it because I was talking to one of my friends about that uh He's half black, half Asian. We were protesting the other day and we we're talking about the conversation we had with our friends that were non-black that would argue like their use of the N-word. And you'd have to like, mm -hmm. it would be so weird because it's like, why are you still throwing? Why is there still a butt when I just told you? Or it's like, but it's like, right. there is no butt. Like, you shouldn't <laughs> say this, period. <laughs> to where it's like, I shouldn't even have to explain it to you because we are friends. Like, mm -hmm. like I would respect yeah. I would respect that about you if like something that I did bothers you, especially if there's a long history behind the word, because I would literally like educate my friends and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. two or three of them would be like, but but and it's like there ain't no but like you like that is racist. So I think people should just uh just educate yourselves really because it's like yeah. It's so e it's way easier nowadays. You could pick up your phone and you could Google like the Black Lives Matter, like when it started and everything. Because I remember when Oscar Grant died in 2009, I lived like an hour away from Oakland. And I remember like my friends mm. from school coming to my house and be like, yo, hop in. We about to go riot. And I'm like, I'm not mm. I'm not about to go. Like, I'm I'm black, too. Like, y'all like y'all. <laughs> like, it, it was me and like two other black people, baby. And I was like, yo, y'all shouldn't even go to that. Like, this might get pretty ugly and then i remember like a couple years later uh trayvon martin uh had uh had passed or gotten killed by george zimmerman and then uh i think he was acquitted and then black lives matter started and that was like the first protest i went to and i remember going to that and i was like man nobody's gonna be here like we might end up getting hurt here and like mm -hmm. i remember mm -hmm. then black lives matter was not cool to say like it was not mm -hmm. It was not even like the way it is now, how it's like prominent and it's cool to say like back then it was not. It was like way heavier on the all lives matter or like cut that out kind of thing. Even after mm. and this is after Oscar Grant dies in 2009 and then the Michael B. Jordan movie about it comes out four years later and then Trayvon Martin dies. And I'm still over here like, why are we protesting? Like they don't care about us. Like this is right. not going to work. But you fast forward to now. I think that's like. The kids that probably like my niece, she was about like, I don't know, like 
in elementary school back then. Now she's getting ready to go to college. And I kept seeing a bunch of kids her age at the protest. So I was like, yo, these kids are like fearless. Like, and they don't, they're going to get it done regardless. Like they don't care about a, a tear gas or any, like they're ready. I remember at the protest I was at, they said, uh, don't be scared, be ready. And I was like, yo, these kids are going to make me cry. Wow. Like, I'm 28 and this girl is like in her early 20s, like, like talking about what needs to be talked about. And she thought 11 people would show up to that protest. 6,000 people marched with her. Wow. Wow. Yeah, That's it was amazing. it was wild. And most of them were white. And I was like, this is the tightest. Mm-hmm. Thing. <laughs> I never thought I'd be so excited to see. Something. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is cool. But yeah, I think overall people, uh, you just educate yourselves, check on check on your black friends, check on your friends, uh, uh, colored or whatever you want to call it these days. I don't know what people call it now. Like, just check on them and uh, like see if they're good. Ask them questions. If you're uh, if you're curious about something, like don't be afraid to ask questions, especially if you have someone that, you know, that's that is black like just ask them a question Mm -hmm. i think on that same note too we just have to be on both sides like really gracious to each other because um this is still a traumatic experience for a lot of black people and um i know for the 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 people in my world um they're rather annoyed at uh continuing to have to to answer to to white people or to answer their questions about certain things um and Mm -hmm. so for for like for some of us like you know, my encouragement to to those who are black is like, let's continue to be gracious and and, and like, listen, you, it's going to be the 11th time that that this question is going to be asked to you just answer it anyway, because we obviously know that the history that is being taught right now is from the lens of, of a white person's perspective. Yeah. And the only way that they're going to be able to learn um, and educate themselves is if you who really truly know you know, as long as you are doing your research and, and, you know, doing the things that you need to do to stay educated yourself, um, is they're, they're going to have to learn from you. Um, and then, you know, from, you know, for a white person or, you know, if you, or not, or just not even white, just like, you know, anybody who's not black, um, you just have to, you know, just make sure that, that, you know, you're being sensitive to, to your black friends and, and, you know, making sure that like, it's okay to, to ask these questions. Cause some, for some people, it's really annoying. It's really tiresome. And they, they, they're, they're, you just have to give them a minute to, to be able to kind of process everything. Um, um, but when you do just, you know, just be, just be sensitive and be willing to, 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 to listen to what they're having to say, not listen to, to have a rebuttal, but listen to understand them and say, all right, you know, you know what, I think you're right. (laughs) This is, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm slowly trying to understand. Um, and then giving yourself grace to be able to walk through this too. Cause I feel like now that everyone is having kind of like this aha moment, um, they're like, you know some people are, are, are looking for people to just get it all automatically. And that's not, that's not always going to happen. And then for those who, who feel that pressure, they're trying to, they're trying to want to understand quickly. Um, and it's not it, it, like, you just take your time, like give yourself grace to be able to navigate this in a way that, that, that you're going to, um, that you're going to come out better um, in this. Um, so that like, definitely grace, grace everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had I, y'all touched on everything. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I guess more when they're asking these questions, if you do have questions, like also listen, um, I guess, to the people who are explaining it to you and listen. And that means by, you know, obviously having conversations like this, but also um, educating yourself. And I know I'm not 
even the most educated on all the stats and everything like that. So I, I certainly have much to do. But um, I think listening, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of conversations that are happening on other podcasts and other, you know, you know, just seminars and just things that you can look at, you know, on, on YouTube or whatever, and just listening from the black voices themselves, you know, mm-hmm. how they feel rather than, you know, just reading what you might see in articles and things like that. I think that's, you know, listening in a purposeful way if you're trying to learn, you know, about the, the movement. For sure. For sure. Um, so our next question is like, have you personally or anyone you know experienced police brutality before or any type of racism? Oh yeah, my mom did growing up like a lot. Like I remember, I remember asking my mom specifically because she had like a uh, like a couple of her teeth are chipped growing up, mm-hmm. and I was like, how did your teeth get like that? And she was like, Big Red did it. I was like, who is Big Red? And she's like, as a neighborhood cop, like a cop bully. That was super racist and he would always pull mm-hmm. us over for nothing. And one day he had pulled me over and slammed me against his car. And that's how my Ooh. teeth got uh got knocked out or got chipped. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. dang. And she's the way she made it sound and like when she would tell stories about it, it was like a recurring thing that she had just gotten used to. Like everybody in the neighborhood was used to this uh racist cop named Big Red just coming through and bullying them or like planting stuff on them or, or whatever oh, the gosh. case may be. And I was like, that's insane that like that's what always throws me off too is like it's just like basic stuff like it's like people like like the whole we we're talking about after the protest too like i was uh, i brought it up to everyone that i was with i was like isn't it crazy how we're still protesting for like basic stuff that we were supposed mm-hmm. to be promised living in america right. like back then like yeah. my great grandpa was like yo we just want to drink at the water fountain like we just want to mm-hmm. go to the diner and like have a milkshake like like it's very like we just want to stand at the concert without a barrier in between us like we just want to dance and like live life like we just want to go to school but people yeah. used to like even back then like people would riot because black people wanted to go to school so yeah. like it was the craziest thing to me but yeah my mom had told me that story about that cop and i was like that's insane way back then um i fortunately have never you know known any to my knowledge and thinking about it, like known anyone that has experienced police brutality um i my one thing that's um that i guess it, it's to prevent it i guess is um my brother he he's uh younger than me but he's uh you know and that's one thing i realized um with being black as well i don't necessarily I don't look black and so um there are unfortunately like things that my brother who is darker than me has to go through because it's my or through what my parents teach him um that I've never been told or to do or not, not to do mm-hmm. um and one of those things is um when he turned 16 or 17 and he got a license and he got a car um my dad got him a sticker um, and if you don't know, but like, uh, or if you, if you're not aware that I didn't know this before you got it, but the like solidarity sort of sticker, like, or flag that shows that you support, um, police is like a, it's like a black and blue, like striped, almost looking like flag sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so my dad got my brother that, um, and he put it on the back of his car. Um, not because like my family has never been the biggest fan of police in general under the armed forces just because of everything that they they've done to you know a lot of people and the black Mm -hmm. community um but he put it on the back of my brother's car as a preventative measure so if he ever does get stopped 
um, he, you know, and they happen to look down, you know, they'll be like, oh, he's a good one. He, we're not going to do anything ridiculous to him. Wow. And there have been times when like I, Whoa. there was one time we were driving um, back from like my aunt's house and like I was going a little fast and he like pretty much yelled at me because um, my brother was in his own car driving behind us and he was like, you need to slow down. What if he gets stopped and something happens to him? Like you, you just have to be. And so thinking about it in that way, like makes me so angry, but like, I don't know, sometimes people, I don't know, that's my family's done like preventative measures so that it doesn't happen to, you know, people like my brother. Yeah. Um, I didn't have anything, thankfully, anything too crazy like happened to, to me or anyone that I know. Mm-hmm. I remember this one time though, um, I was, I was seeing this guy who happened to be white and um, we had, we just came from a jazz club. We were like, you know, having a good time. Um, and we had just ended up going to um, a local park in my area and we were just kind of in the car just talking. And um, all of a sudden, like we just see these blaring lights and we're like, what the heck? So the cop had came. So like, if we were, um, if we were parking as if we were parking inside of like, you know, the, the park space, he had like kind of came like, like his lights were pointed towards the driver section. And so he gets out of the car, like he asked us like, what are you doing? And we were like, we're just, you know, sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. And so he tells me, he's like, um, ma'am, can you step out of the car? And so at this point I'm like, what, what is happening? And I get out of the car. Um, and so he asked me for my ID. And so I give him my ID. Uh, and then he's like, he's like, do you know the, the guy in the car? And I was like, yeah, I know him. He's my friend. Like, I don't. And he just kept asking me, like, what is his name? What does he do? Do you know him? And then it dawned on me. I was like, you think I'm a, I'm a prostitute. And I was oh, like, wow. and so I was like, wait, hold on. And so like, like literally everything kind of just stopped. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on a second. You think I'm a prostitute? And and he just kept asking me questions for like 10 minutes. He just kept asking me, oh, what are you doing? Um, why are you guys, why did you guys come here? And like, just kept asking. And I'm just like, I know him. So he finally, so he finally lets me go. He gives me back my, my, my ID. Uh, and then he's like, you know, the park is closed um, and you guys shouldn't be here, but you know, I'm nice. So I'm going to give you a warning. And then he lets us go. And I just remember feeling so infuriated because anyone who knows me knows that I'm not like that. Like I serve in church. Like I'm like, I, I'm just not that, that person. But the fact that he didn't even give me the, the opportunity, like you had already came in with your preconceived notions because he was a white guy and I was a black woman mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'll never forget that moment. Like it was mm-hmm. just, it was so infuriating. After all this, how do you expect change after this? I mean, since this is the first time we have seen such a widespread support from outside of the Black community, literally this is a global um, protest, a global fight. Or what, what do you hope would change after this? I hope that um, I hope that things like, that it doesn't stop. Like I hope people, like what I've been seeing lately is uh, people will protest, they'll get, they'll get what they needed to get done but to quickly move on to the next thing. And I hope that that keeps happening because there's like a ton of, there's like countless, countless senseless killings and stuff like that, but there's still a ton of 
other things that still need mm-hmm. to get done even after this there's racism oh, yeah. but we after we take care of racism like there's still there's homophobia is crazy in america and all over the world too like they've mm-hmm. they've spreaded that just as quick as racism police mm-hmm. brutality like so many things like just like things getting taken care of in like inner cities and stuff like that like i seen they uh posted that la is gonna give like i think 100 or 250 million to uh oh yes to like the inner cities or whatever but a lot yeah. of people weren't happy because that's only like three percent of everything they have so they oh, were like yeah. And on top of that, like things cost like a lot of money, like out here, like it's going to take like, what do you, what does it take to build a school? Like 9 million, 10 million and programmings and stuff like that, just for like one school. And then on top of that, like there's a, there's homeless issues. Like there's like so many other things that we have to keep protesting for that. I hope this doesn't stop. Cause I've never seen anything like this since I was like a kid. I remember my mom having me read these, like she has like 20 black encyclopedias in the house that her and my dad and my uncle used to like make sure that we read and I remember reading about the uh there's like a year of like protests around the world like way way back and then it was the same year I think um Martin Luther King was assassinated and um they had like six days of uh protesting and riots and then the uh civil rights act finally passed and this Mm -hmm. is uh that was 110 cities in America. We have like a every city in America or every state in America. And then we have a bunch of different countries. And then we got the damn Amish and like witches <laughs> and that anonymous dude came back after three years. So I was like, this is yeah. like the power of social media along with this generation, the Amish mm-hmm. anonymous and a bunch of different countries that never have like spoken about this. Like, I think we're going to get it done because everything like, and I'm excited for a lot of it, even like at the protest I was at, uh, we have Pride Parade coming up uh, next week in L.A. And they're combining mm-hmm. it with the Black Lives Matter, like protests and parades. So I was like, if stuff like this keeps happening and we have all these other allies and stuff like that and people aren't letting up so easily, then I think uh, I hope that that just continues and it doesn't like get forgotten about like any other time. Because I remember seeing a bunch of killings and stuff like that. And people are like, oh, yeah, this is hashtag for a week and then it gets forgotten about. But with these protests, they've already like reopened like Sandra Bland's case, like Flando Castile. Like I hope stuff like that keeps happening. Like I hope we keep like going back and bringing stuff up and then bringing up current issues and like still protesting for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they even uh, reopened Breonna Taylor's case as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that was like the the highlight of my week because that was the protest I went to. Like that was what that was for. And I was like. Yes, (laughs) we're making a lot of progress. But I'm so glad you brought up um, how like equality in in all areas, even with the homophobia and the transphobia as well. Um, I am so happy a lot of people were also saying that all when it when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, we're meaning all Black Lives Matter, like trans black people are being killed as well. So let's not forget about them, about it. So I'm so happy you brought that up as well. Yeah, I think um, definitely like everything that Desi was saying. And then also, um, I hope that it enlightens people to like what can happen when we are all together in this. Um, And we're not, it's not just, it's not just going to be a black issue or it's not just going to be a gay issue or a whatever issue. It's, it's, it's our issues collectively. Um, And I hope that people are, um, are open and um to to see to see what what it is and um and for people to continue to like educate themselves on on what you know (laughs) 
just educate yourself in general on just other cultures and things like that and and the struggles that other people have to have to go through like i feel like we it's so easy for us to just be in our own little bubbles our own little our own little spheres and we we just and it, you know right like rightfully so like we have our families we have our jobs we have all of these things and you know it's so easy to forget everybody else or that's not in your like view um and this kind of this situation opened people's eyes to be to be able to see like oh like you know there's other people in this world too <laughs> that need my help um and whatever whatever you you can do if you if protesting is your thing if if writing letters if you feel called to go into congress like i had a a, a friend of mine who um he was saying that like you know like he felt really called to like you know kind of turn a leaf into into politics um mm. so this has been awakening a lot of people to different things that they may have not necessarily thought about before um and so continue to pursue those things even after um and don't stop don't stop um reaching out to your to your your black friends don't stop reaching out to um your people don't let this just be something that we did um because you know because everybody was doing it do it because you 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 got you caught what it was that was happening and you're 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 ready to to continue to um bring this into the next season um mm -hmm. because we need it mm -hmm. uh i was just gonna say uh wherever you are vote um yes. because uh it's it obviously changes things um um or you know in some cases maybe not because of corruption and things like that but for the most part it's hopefully you know there to change things and mm -hmm. i think that it's um it's you know not enough to just know who you're voting for uh, uh for your president um you know they obviously make the federal laws but there are people that are in your district your um your city your your state um that are making the laws that will affect you and those around you uh, every day more than what those federal laws might um, broadly. Oh. So I think that mm -hmm. reading up and educating yourself on who who you think would be best for the office, you know, for you and those around you that you would hopefully care about, um, I think is very, very important just to continue to to vote. Like I did today and half the people in there, I was like, oh God, I don't know half these people on here. I don't know what who am I voting for? And uh, I felt pretty stupid. And so I'm saying for my future self and <laughs> You know, when November comes along, at least for people in the U.S. and just for people in general, like try not to feel stupid at the polls. Try to know who you're voting for and why, um, so that you can say you did it, you know, educatedly, and you you really did, you know, think about how to um, create change in our our system. Definitely vote, vote, vote. <laughs> I know Desi brought up um, the whole, just in two weeks, actually, I'm surprised or not surprised. I'm thankful that a lot of movement has been going on. And you brought up like, you know, L.A. defunding their police. And I know a lot mm -hmm. of people are don't really understand what like defunding the police means. You know what I mean? Like, um. Because I think back back in 2017, it already had noted that the state and local government spent like 115 billion dollars back in 2017 just on policing and so when defunding it means that like we're just going to shrink the scope of the police's like responsibilities and shifting it to you know what the government does to help basically like to invest more in mental health care housing and expanding on the community and just 
violence interruption programs but i wanted to address this again like later on as to why this is like really important mm-hmm. um i think i when i was scrolling through twitter actually someone brought up that in um camden new jersey ever since they disbanded mm-hmm. their police department back in 2013 their homicides dropped by 50 percent oh yep Yes. And so like and they say now the police department's now smaller, paid less, and then handcuffs or any weapons are like the last resort. And I recently also watched like an interview in Korea where they said if a video of that like similar to George Floyd were to happen in Korea, everyone would explode because that's not something that police should be doing. Right. And so I think people are trying to um make it to like ban chokeholds or curb curb the use of like no-knock warrants, train officers to respond to people's like mental health crisis mm-hmm. and just basically teach them to be guardians and like not warriors. They're there to protect the community. And um, I, I see why people are trying to defund the police, but I know they're, um, you know, like, like you guys mentioned, just do more research on it, see why. And but basically police, police brutality is just one of, the factors though and uh, i wanted to touch base on more other things as we like go on but that's just one factor that i hope we'll be able to to improve i guess mm-hmm. yeah and um, kind of tying it into what emily said about voting and how it's important uh because whether you're what state you're in city you know the district um seeing seeing that taking that in consideration have you personally had times where you saw or felt where the system that's in place was specifically set up so that you don't get ahead in life. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen it um just in like uh like the YouTube social experiment things that I would watch. I remember watching one where uh, a guy changed his name. Like he had like a uh, mm-hmm. like I guess an African American name and he changed his name on his job application and uh he ended up getting a call back for an interview and then he tried it again with uh, one of his Hispanic friends and they changed their name on a job application and they got a job interview. And I was like, this is the craziest because that never happened to me. I'd only seen it on mm-hmm. like YouTube and my name isn't spelled like with an S. Like my name has two Z's in it because my uncle went to a historic black college and that's just the wave he was on. He was like, I'm going to name your son and he's going to have two Z's in his name because this, that, and the third. And it never like stopped me from getting a job or anything. But when I seen that video, I was like, whoa, like this is, this is like real life. Like people literally will will judge you based off of a name or they can tell that you're who you are based off of a name and they won't hire you because of that. But usually I just mm-hmm. see like, um, like I know you have to work like twice as hard when you aren't white. Like you have to, you're probably going to have to work two to 10 times as hard, especially if you're, if you're a woman and you aren't white, like it's going to be even harder mm-hmm. for you. Cause that's another thing that always bothered me too. When I found out when I was like in my early twenties, I was like, damn, you mean to tell me she could be a doctor and go to the same school I went to and graduate from the same program and still get paid less than I do? That's the craziest thing that I ever heard in my life. I was like, I still remember the day I found that out. I like got so mad at like everybody, people who didn't even do anything to me that day. I was just mad the whole entire day. Like that, it's still bothers, just bringing it up right now bothers me. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I'm thankful that I live in a um, rather wealthy area. Um, I live in Northern Jersey. So um, 
the town that I that I'm in, um, we like you know it's it's a, a very well known town, a lot of celebrities, a lot of the things. Um, so I'm grateful that um, because of that, like my schooling and and all the and all of that, um, I hadn't necessarily experienced the system like specifically affecting me. Um, but mm -hmm. the surrounding towns um, that that you know that I'm near. Um, those are predominantly black areas um, and you can you can tell the difference um, just by you know the way that the houses look um, this the school systems are completely different than mine like you know I remember you know like like people like giving us like laptops like you know someone's like <laughs> someone's rich uncle or something like that he's like oh i'm just gonna give this like we had a planetarium in my middle school like <laughs> we need a planetarium for. <laughs> like, uh, it was great but um but you know i i had access to things that that a lot of people didn't have access to and i was i'm grateful but um the experience that i had like even for a town that's like literally five minutes away from mine was it was a stark difference um older books like it's just the, mm. the whole the whole shebang it was just it, it's 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 really um it's really jarring to to see like you can tell when you leave from one town to the next town like like wow um mm -hmm. the grass is uh definitely not green on, over here so <laughs> mm -hmm. right um i saw something this morning and i felt like maybe maybe this wasn't the direct cause of it but um this goes back to voting, but uh, voter suppression um, oh, and yeah. not the most direct way of like, oh, well, sorry, you don't have, have your, your cards, you know, or, you know, you, you your license expired, whatever. Uh, you don't have the correct documents. It was um, it's morning um, and a lot of people go to vote in the morning. Um, I live in a predominantly black community or area and um, the south side of Atlanta is majority black. And like numerous amounts of, of voting places had lines that were over three hours long and like my brother went this morning at like seven he didn't he didn't finish until like 10 and um and oh what's it called um and then when I and and you would think like you know people are going to go early in the day because they have jobs to go to so like if you mm -hmm. you can't stand in the line for three hours you know, when you have to get to work by nine or you have to get to work or on your computer by eight, like you're expecting to get in and out. And my friend who lives in a, she's black, but she lives in a, um, you know, um, not predominantly black community. And she was in and out in 15 minutes. And then uh, around the same time. And then later on today, it was like the middle of the day. It was like four. I went and was in and out in like 45 minutes. Same thing with my dad. And it was just interesting seeing how, and then and on the news, they were saying how um, there were a lot of uh, places across South Fulton County, which is majority like South Southern part of Atlanta that were three hours plus long. And that's been the case, these kinds of really ridiculously long lines in voting um, since this Republican dude, Brian Kemp got elected to be the governor of Georgia in 2013. Um, and he's notorious. He was the one that was like, let's open up, you know, the state because you know let's get back to business everything's going to be fine and now you see an uptick in cases of covid um so it's just it's just crazy to me how and it, yeah so that's I, I don't know if it's racism but there's just some there's certain things where like the northern side of the city wasn't getting affected like the mm -hmm. southern side was which is majority black mm -hmm. no um there's something that i like really wanted to bring up as far as you know even i 
never really knew this until I tried to look more into it because we're not really taught any of these in in school obviously like especially like the whole Martin Luther um protest you know the whole time I was thinking oh it was like peaceful I didn't know there was you know bloody Sunday you guys could look look into that but that made me really interested in to try to look up more information and um for those who are listening there are a lot of you know very educated uh, like a lot of interesting documentaries on netflix even youtube as well but um, i wanted to touch base on like the racial wealth gap um and i feel like this plays a huge role as to um just just how um the system is specifically trying to set you guys up to basically not get ahead. Mm-hmm. So they um, compared both a white household and like a black household's wealth. And they mm-hmm. said with the white household's wealth, the savings, their assets minus debt, it's $171,000. But then you go to like the median black household wealth and theirs comes out to 17000 And people are wondering why is... And this gap is still growing, actually. This huge wealth gap is growing. But I never knew that um, two-thirds of middle-class wealth comes from home ownership and also Mm. opportunities to own home. I didn't know back then, though, that the black community were basically being put in certain places on the grid. So if you're trying to buy a house at that time, if you, you know, you're black, they're going to show you to a black neighborhood. If you're white, you know, of course, welcome to the white neighborhood. But if you try to buy a a house in a white neighborhood, they're going to be like, oh, it's sold out. I'm sorry. But then there was this man who, whose father tested something out and sent over a white couple to purchase a house. And of course, they're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But then when his black father came in to close the deal on this house, they were furious because at that time they believed that if a black person was supposed were to move into this white neighborhood, the mm-hmm. it would depreciate in value. And so um, that time, um, the white people were, of course, building their fortune while, you know, it's because the community where you're in really determines how well your education is going to be, um, you know, how your children's going to grow up. And, and so... I looked more into it and basically found that, I mean, economists are saying that income inequality in the U.S. is actually doing more harm because when it comes Mm -hmm. to income inequality, it's associated with like a lot of problems. And they point out studies that show countries with more inequality have more violence more drug abuse hmm. and incarcerations and so income inequality also dilutes like political equality as well because then the rich has like you know a say in which policies move forward mm-hmm. and so they just you know like that saying the rich gets richer the poor gets poorer mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um and also because of that there you know there are white people that you know graduate from college get a degree and then there's you know um, someone who's black who also gets, you know, the same degree. So they start off and they get off um, and they get a job that's equal pay. But then the person who is black, because not everyone in their community is, up, you know, like living comfortably, they are more like willing to give 
their money to help out. Well, as you know, the white person, they, they may be very giving as well, but they don't really have to because everyone around them is basically, you know, well set. And so it's just, right. it's just crazy because I do have people who try to like rebuttal against like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not in for all this because they're the ones who are starting all this violence. They're like, um, you know, no druggies and, and all these violent people. But then it's kind of like, after looking into your guys's histories, it's just insane because it's kind of like, I felt like they were trying to set you guys up to, to basically fail. And it's really, really, um, heartbreaking and it makes me frustrated and angry. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. They, they set it up. Uh, I, I, I don't respect it at all, but I'll give it to him for that. They set it up perfectly <laughs> for us to like not win at all. I remember when I worked for a mortgage group, like right before uh, my best friend passed and everything. And I was, I was looking into stuff like that because I had, uh, it was after I looked into Malcolm X and like uh, Martin Luther King. And I was like, oh, dang, he didn't die in front of a hotel. Like y'all suffocated him in a hospital and like spat on him. Like that's, that's insane. You won't make a movie mm-hmm. about that though. But I remember looking up like old mortgage laws and stuff like that. And uh, black people couldn't buy a house at one point. Like it was like, it was against mm-hmm. the law. And it was like, and then after that passed, I guess like mortgage discrimination oh, yeah. uh, happened. And I found out that uh, black people and Latinos pay like way more in interest for houses. Like like a black or a Latino homeowner could go get like a half a million dollar house. But like over the time of that loan, like they'll end up paying anywhere from like 500 to $1,000 more. And it's like, they set it up perfectly. And that's just like nowadays, like if you rewind all the way back, like the minstrel shows were like, it's like the worst thing that I ever seen in my life. I was like, that's the craziest thing I'd ever seen is like a white person just dressed up in like all black, like charcoal smeared all over their skin. And then they're just making all these little jokes. And that's mm-hmm. like a worldwide television show that people are seeing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they see it in America and then people all over the world see it. So by the time black people do make it to those countries or anything, like that perspective is already like built in for generations and generations, oh, like yeah. decades, hundreds of years. And then like certain things I think about sometimes is just messed up. Like there was like 53 years ago that like they stopped lynching and like made it against the law. Like that's like fi- my grandma's still alive and she used to work on the plantation. Like and she tells me like stories. I'm like, this is insane like she's so stuck in like how she grew up she's still working till this day and she's like my grandma's old old <laughs> she still gets up and goes to work won't retire at all oh yeah oh that reminds me too um the fact that slaves back in the day were basically america's wealth because they said like back in 1863 slaves were worth three billion dollars and the fact that you know you guys like the the black community back then didn't get any of it. The white people got to keep all that money. <laughs> and it's, so it's crazy because then, then now like they were able to buy houses. They were able to build um, to build their wealth off of owning land, owning houses. And it just sucks to know that like black people didn't really get to have the same opportunity back then to build their wealth now and uh, basically for their future and their children's future. Oh, yeah, they would. That would be like a check. uh I was talking to someone about that. Like, I think my talking to my cousin about that actually, like last year, I was like, that check for reparations would be like, no. I don't know what, like it would be terrible. You see how much they gave the the Jewish uh, after like the Holocaust and stuff like that and banned swastikas and everything. Like black people are the only ones who haven't gotten reparations because that check oh, would be yeah. way too damn big. Like, <laughs> that would be like, I mean, that's like 
it's money that they don't have. So, and it's, that's why when I seen like looting and rioting and stuff like that, I was like, I know a lot of these people looting are doing it for uh -huh. the wrong reasons, but the other people that are like rioting, like, I mean, Hey, like it's, I don't want to see it. I don't really condone it. But at the same time, if these people built this country, they might want to burn a little bit of it down out of frustration. If y'all aren't hearing what they're saying. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's the saddest thing to think about. Cause there's a chart too of it. Like of all the, all the different people that got reparations for what happened to them. And like, black people have like the longest time span and zero dollars yeah. and it's like man we got housing projects for days that just ruin communities and stuff like that and just all these other things that were just set in place from like way back to where like they set it up so perfectly and like it's not working for them and they still don't like it takes like stuff like it takes a pandemic and stuff like this to happen for them to finally be like oh here you can drink at this fountain or here you can you can come here now or you can here you can have housing like why does it take all this like you guys you promised us freedom and equality and all this cool stuff and then this happens and you know what you did to us so it's like mm -hmm. it's like why is it so hard for y'all to just like admit it like why is the slavery page in my school book right? 13 pages like, why, yeah. like, why? it's so true I remember, yeah like, i remember counting that and i was like 13 pages like my encyclopedia at home says something totally different like this is crazy yeah it's fine it's it's I get really frustrated when people, when when the media. So I understand that that the news and stuff like they 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 report the rioting oh, yeah. and the looting and make it the focus because like news sells like like drama yeah. sells like they have to like well for they don't have to they want to because that's the only way that people are going to look at the story uh, at the at the news. Um, and the thing, the thing that's like super frustrating, um, I was, um, I'm, I'm, we have church online because you know, of everything. And um, uh, my pastor was interviewing a, um, uh, another pastor who, who was black. Um, and she, and she was saying how like a lot of people in, in her timeline, like who were white, um, they were looking for, um, like they were looking at the news for a reason to believe that black people were were who they who who they always heard that they were and always saw them mm. and so they were they were looking at the the looting and the rioting and stuff like that and like immediately was like like see see they are exactly who I thought they were going to be they're exactly the people who we heard about they're always doing this they're always doing that and they were like asking these surface level questions but it was like it never dawned on them to ask the deeper questions like why what made them do that like what made them get to this point and if we continue as a country to like to ask the surface level questions, we're never going to get anywhere. And it's like, it's, it's so infuriating sometimes because like you, like pe people are seeing these thousands of people are protesting and, and doing all these things. Um, but yet the, they only are focusing on, um, and again, I'm not like, you know, condoning the looting or anything like that. Like I, I don't believe that that's the way to do it or anything, but it's just like it's frustrating where it's just like do you you only see that something is burning like wh why would you think a human would go to that those lengths to burn something down if obviously something wasn't wrong and mm -hmm. i just like it's just so like it's just so frustrating to me and then you know going back to to you know the the system right and how it was it was set up so um so obviously the emancipation proclamation in in that document it you know it promised um 
um, uh, freed slaves a certain amount of land and a mule, right? Because they obviously knew that, like, you know, we couldn't, like, someone can't just start from nothing, right? They, they have to get somewhere. Um, people were so hateful back then that literally the next president that went, that went into office took it back. Like completely took Literally, everything back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, bro, you like I can't even have this land. I can't even have this donkey. Like, I, like you guys are so hateful that I can't <laughs> have this. Like, what? What is it about me that is so infuriating to you that you would take this away from me? I like it. Just like the whole situation in and of itself is just so mind-boggling to me. Where it's just like. Why are we still talking about this? Like, why are we still talking about like like the most basic necessities of a human being? Why is that being debated? Right. Like, wh- wh- where I, I throw the whole thing away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so it's just it's so it's so frustrating. It's frustrating. But like, does it was it was perfectly set up for people to for us black people to fail like hands down and the mm-hmm. most infuriating about a uh, thing about it was that we didn't actually fail like we found some oh, yeah. way to always prevail and then when we were getting to that point they immediately took it away from us again mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the, the whole black wall street it gets so bad that they're like oh man we gotta okay let's assassinate this president put this one in office take all that back Oh, they're over there. They have doctor. Oh, burn it down. Like every, like every time where it's like, you even will take out your own people in order to keep this going. So right. it's and, like, and about the black wall street thing. It's like, like white people were going there to shop. Those were like, those yeah. were considered like the best places to shop during that time. And it was so infuriating to them that they burned it down. They literally bombed the entire thing, but nobody knows about that. Oh yeah. That's not tough. <laughs> no, not one person knows about that. Yeah, like the Black Wall Street, I recently saw a video, um, and for our listeners, if you haven't, I extremely, extremely hope that you do, because this girl taught me so much, and it's like seven minutes long, and then what I was taught about Black history in school, and the, the name of that video is How Can We Win, and it's by uh, Kimberly Jones, and she explains Black Wall Street, and why people are looting, why people are rioting, why people are protesting. And I, st- I highly recommend to watch that because uh, it'll teach you and uh, explain to you mm-hmm. why and how the system was built to yeah. fail. Even that name, when I first seen that, when I found that, I was like, Black Wall? I was like, what's the real name? I remember asking my cousin, I was like, what's the real name? He's like, oh, Greenwood District. I was like, mm-hmm. why did they have to call it Black Wall Street then? Was it like a statement or something like I remember just read like the more facts that I found out about it because I come from like a suburban like neighborhood and stuff like that. It just made me so frustrated. Like I said earlier, like it was like I, like people that had nothing to do with it would like I'd have an attitude with them throughout my day just because I'm like, <laughs> man, I just found out this, that and the third. And it's like, but you're at work, though, like wait till you clock out and go like take care of that at home. <laughs> it used to get me so frustrated because none of it ever like like the questions that I had, I knew like. Who's going to answer the question? Like, why are you guys doing this? And it's like clear that it's like a power thing, a money thing. And then it's probably an embarrassment thing, too, because a lot of those stories will never be in history books. Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. history. Uh, history is written by the by the victors. Mm-hmm. 
So they only yeah. they put the, the the pieces that sound really good that makes them feel look really good and like you know oh you know this period in our history with slavery and then you know segregation and stuff like that and, and it is just like no 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 it wasn't a a small part of history it was a massive part of history mm-hmm. and it, and you like literally suppressed an entire people group for years it's not small like let's 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 like kind of you know really say what it is right now like that's not what yeah, that, that used to bother me in high school because they had <laughs> they had this like gang in high school called like the confederates and they would like they would come to they would come to school like with their flags and stuff oh, hanging wow. on their car and, oh, no. and i remember like roasting the hell out of them one day because i was like <laughs> well you guys know y'all lost like y'all lost oh, my gosh. <laughs> y'all literally like y'all lost and y'all didn't even want to be a part of america like why are this do y'all even know what y'all are doing right now? Because it mm. threw me off because one of the dudes in the gang, he was black. Was oh, my like, God. I was like, yo. That makes it even worse. I was like, yo, bro, you know that they they lost, right? Like, that's not that's not even tight. Like, that's not even a W. And he would, like, try and talk to me about, he's like, you don't even know who you are and blah, blah. I was like, I'm actually Seminole. They were runaway slaves and Indians. And we actually beat America. John Horace, Juan Carlo, like, you can look it up, but they won't make a move. <laughs> about it but we could go on but that flag you got them they lost like they, like and what even, you're representing like is not really american and even to the fact of like people are still like i'm from i'm originally from the south and like the confederate flag is everywhere because it's like oh it's such a rich part of our culture the south the pride blah, blah, blah. but it's just like dude you guys like do you you're so insensitive like you only see one part of it where you don't see that that this flag is representative of people who were literally slaves like you like you owned people how do you not see that and be like extremely embarrassed but again that power that money it does the greed it does something to people like it's it just it it baffles me and then and then after that it's like a pride thing it's just like well well you know it was and they try to explain it away and it's just like no 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 you can't explain this away it is what it is like you like it you you have to see it for what it is but until everyone gets on that same page because as as together as we have been over these past couple weeks and i don't want to take that away there are still people who are still trying to explain all this away. There are still people who are trying to to justify the things that have been happening and to still hold on to that power. And it's just like, mm-hmm. why? What for why? Like what it what is it about this that is so amazing to you that that you that you want to suppress a whole group of people? I don't want the stuff. I just want to be equal to you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Literally. And it's like, it's so simple at the end of the day, too. Like, like hating is not tight. Like, love is way cooler. Like, it's just not, it's not tight to hate. Like, it's not even, it's not even dope. Like, you actually tell old. Hating hating, hating literally ages you more. We don't need that. Like, imagine just waking up mad. Like, what? What is wrong with you? I couldn't. Like, you wake up every day just angry. Why? Like, what happened? Even, even when you wake up next to, like, your love, you're like, yo, I love you. Ah, get out of my face. It's like, yo. You- like, black people. Ah, like, why? <laughs> I do to you. Let's talk about it. Let's actually have a conversation. Because I want to know. 
god. Uh, Desmonique brought up the fact that like people are still trying to fight this movement, and so I wanted to tie it in with this next question. What is your response to people who say that all lives matter and that blue lives matter? Oh yeah, that that whole th- like we we said Black Lives Matter, but we never said like only Black Lives Matter. Like we we know all lives exactly, matter, but it's yeah. like we we just need we just need your help. Like <laughs> we just need your help with this real quick because they they got us kind of messed up right now. They keep killing us. It's been happening for a little while. Like it's pretty messed up what they're doing. It doesn't make sense. Like all lives matter, but right now like they kind of got us bent. So we need your help with this Black Lives Matter thing real quick. And then you know everything else. We take care of everything else, but it's just been so long, you know? It's been like, this is the crazy thing that's been happening with us the last 10, 15 years is like only like a stretch of the other like 400 years and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, right. We've been trying, it's like, come on, man, we got, you gave y'all Tupac, like all these cool people and all African-Americans like contributed <laughs> so much. It's like, just help us with this real quick, like real quick. We'll get right back to, to everything else you love, you love us for, know us for, we'll get right back to that, just knock this out. And then we got a couple other things to knock out. Like, of course, all lives matter. Like, like, help us out, though. Like, yeah. come on. Like, we, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting like, here. Like, come on. Like, 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 for real. Like, it's, it's funny because, like, um, and I, you may have included this in your notes, um, Roseanne, but or, or maybe the question. I don't know. But like, I, like, I always equate it to like, let's say, let's say, right, like, I come up to you, Roseanne, mm. and I kick you in the shin, and, and like, you scream. Ah! Mm. And then like, and then like someone comes up to you and being like, <laughs> being like, you know, everyone's shin hurts at one time. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's so true. If your shin, if everyone's shin was hurting, my shin is hurting. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Help me. Like, I don't understand. Like, it, it, it's so infuriating. Like, I, like every single time, like, blue lives matter. Okay, but blue lives are not getting killed oh, right yeah. now. That reminds right. me, um, <laughs> like, for example, uh, this is an- another example I wanted to use. When people support breast cancer, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like someone's going to come up to you and be like, well, all cancers matter. You, you know what I mean? Like, they're, or, or for example, if someone's, uh, your house is in this neighborhood and all of a sudden your house is on fire, this fire truck oh, yeah. comes mm-hmm. over and this person's trying to put out their house that's not even on fire. It's kind of like that, you know. You gotta help the well, house that's, that's on fire first. You know what I mean? First of all, that's property damage. Okay, <laughs> you done put water in someone's house that don't even matter. You done, you know, water damage their whole entire house, and the one that is really on fire is still on right? fire. Like, what? where is the progress here? Yeah. like it should be just so simple for people it's like yo this specific group of people are in danger right now so let's Mm -hmm. let's let's help them out real quick and then we get right back to the other other issues that we have because there's so many of them that's why i'm like i'm so excited for this pride parade next week like i literally i'm waiting on my flag to get here right now i i wonder um and this is kind of a little off topic of this specific subject but i wonder like with um the like suppression of the black community there's been within music and entertainment there's been a lot of just like taking from it um Mm -hmm, and specifically mm -hmm. you know you know this podcast and the you know what we are all interested in in k-pop um there has been so much uh, just you know blatant like yes we are going to take from you know the black community black culture um because we think it's cool but then when it comes time and this is maybe the time when it's like you know there's been a lot of and 
I know Des, you kind of talked about on the podcast, uh, uh, Brizzy Talk, but um, when when you don't, when the ones who specifically took that from, you know, the black community and took those trends and didn't say anything about it, it's almost like, huh, like, okay, mm. now I don't know how to feel about you. Or, or certain members of a certain mm-hmm. group said something, but the rest didn't. And you know they were profiting off of it. And you know that they know it's a, like, I guess the argument is that not everybody has to speak up and say something, mm-hmm. um, which is true. But I just, I don't know. I just think about, I think, uh, I think about the ones that didn't say something. And like, let's say someone who's very close to them did. And you just know that they profited off of it. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, it's, in a way, it makes me a little salty. But again, like, you can't, like, who's to say they didn't, also give a million dollars to black lives matter or you know give a million dollars to another charity like we we don't know that mm-hmm. i guess yeah i think like so i i think i think about this a lot because like obviously like you know the bts thing came up and like in on on twitter um like the first half of last week like everybody was just like talking about it and you know it, it, it un- unfortunately it was coupled with the whole what do you think situation which if you know if for those who who weren't aware um uh they accidentally put a um a a sample of a jim jones um a jim jones uh uh sermon in the in the song on sugar's um on on sugar's mix or august d's mixtape and um and so that like extremely divided everybody and so it it was like it, it was like everyone was on pins and needles to see if they were going to, if they if BTS was going to say mm-hmm. something. Um, my, the thing that I, I was asking about is that, or not asking about, but what I was thinking of is that um, for, for me as a, as a black listener, and I'm just kind of coming into the whole K-pop thing. And I'm happy that I've had a, um, um, had a, a, uh, a friend of mine who is like super traverse in this so she's been like kind of helping me navigate all this and like you know i'm kind of getting everything together but um i like for for me i i look at things from uh like i'm a christian so my moral lens is is through christ so i don't necessarily look to a group or a thing to to give me the validation. Like I knew that I was valued and loved and cared for way before I started standing any group. Um, Mm. And so I, so I wasn't necessarily looking for that validation. Although to your point, Emily, I would have been salty. I would have been waving my army bomb, mad salty. I would have been still buying my ticket with the salty (laughs) left eye and super like, you know, But, um, but I was happy that, but that they did it. Um, but I think, I think actually Desi, it was on your, on your podcast. Cause I am a listener of the podcast. Um, but, um, I, um, I think it was either you or Briss who, who said it, where it was just like, we can't always necessarily expect, um, people like people groups that are, are kind of far away from, from where we are to, um, to kind of understand, what is currently going on in the culture and um and then like and then also too like when we're talking about like the k-pop industry and stuff like that there's contracts there's things that are going Mm -hmm. on in the background that we have no knowledge of Mm -hmm. um and so 
for me to kind of protect my heart, like I just don't even, I don't even look to them for, for that validation. I don't look to them to, to do to, for that, if that makes sense. Like, I, I like it, it like it, it wouldn't have mattered whether or not they said something to me because I, like, I knew who I was. I knew, I know what my worth is and I don't need to, to find it in a, in a particular K-pop group to validate oh, yeah. me. But it feels good when they do. Like I was jumping up and down and being like, "Yes, BTS when they dropped that million. Oh, yeah. and you know they matter." <laughs> and I was like, and then Army came back and was just like, "You know what? We gonna match you." And then all of a sudden, it's two million dollars for for a movement. It felt good. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yes, I don't have to look at you with the side eye no more." Yeah. But <laughs> oh, I sent out I sent out a lot of DMs after yeah. that. A lot of, cause a lot of people hit me up and they're like, well, when, it, when do you think they're going to say something? I was like, that's the whole thing. Like, it's not a question. Like, is, is BTS mm-hmm. going to say something? Yeah. They're for sure going to say something. That's the, that's the only group that I've seen ever who, who made a mistake, acknowledged it, said they were going to change, showed the change and then started change. Like they changed their own words, their Korean words. Cause they didn't want to offend people. Like it's a matter of like, for me, I was like, I bet you they probably donated more than that, but they don't want to draw too much attention to themselves. So like, and Yo. they weren't even the ones to drop the story. That's the thing. Yeah. Like they they weren't even going to say that they did that they did that. But the fact that they did, and like everyone on Twitter was like kind of showing receipts of like everything that they've done. Like you think about the UNICEF campaign. Like this mm-hmm. isn't this is not like a new thing for them to to do. So it 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 like as much like I, I would have been a little salty like again if they didn't say anything but i but i i'm also kind of just like dude they army is speaking for them because of the things that they have passed along to us as a fandom like army had already been donating to black oh, lives yeah. matter way before bts even did anything i think they had raised about like fifty fifty thousand dollars or something like that um through one in an army i i think um so it so like they had already been doing it like i mean the the whole um thing with the white lives um, lives matter hashtag i mean it was a collective fandom thing but that was so dope like thinking i i went through that hashtag that white lives matter <laughs> hashtag and was just dying in my seat seeing all of those <laughs> fan cams it was hilarious so like so again like i i don't necessarily need for for them to say it it feels good again to have another ally but i don't like i know like i know that i'm i'm worth it i know that i i i I'm, I'm valued and I'm loved. I don't need them, but it was it was good. That million was great. We'll take you gladly. Oh yeah, so. I was literally like, because t- people started blowing up my DMs when that happened. Like a couple of them, I literally had the DM and like, I told you so. Because before that, I was like sending like silly. I was just being a smartass. Like I would just send a long a long response. Or I would just send like the RM Wale video or something. Or I would just screen out a uh, RM's uh, UN speech where he said like. Oh, yeah no matter your gender and all that stuff. I was like, you feel, like they already were. So I was like, it's only a matter of time. Like you got to give them some time. Like I'm not going to rush them. And I'm not really, I'm not really tripping if they don't, cause they've already done so much that their fans are like going hard. So I was like, this isn't really something to get mad about, especially when we got our own stuff going on. I know a lot of people that are like the focused on what we have going over here. Don't know anything about what's, what's been happened with mm-hmm. like Koreans and Japanese people are like, 
rising sun flag and why it's offensive. Like there's stuff going on out there too, but it's like, we don't talk about that because this is what the focus is right now. Like this is about Americans and African-Americans and what's going on here. So over there, like it's nice to see people protest and everything and to see groups speak out, but like mm-hmm. it's getting handled. Like um, I know that Emily have like mm-hmm. brought up other companies and or like just individual artists that haven't spoke out about it i know i know uh literally i don't know if you guys noticed this but right after bts tweeted that out everybody a little bit after a couple of groups have tweeted out too which was really interesting because i don't know if they were trying to wait for the green light (laughs) or like i don't know i think i think i think people like need like there there's just certain like people that just kind of need like to be like is it okay like is it is it is it really okay and when someone else do it then it's like you just see you see it all the time it's like i don't want to say monkey see monkey Mm -hmm. do but like you know you you get the sentiment um but it like it was interesting so like um i think what you were like like you know the single person like in the group because i think it was it got seven that um that mark Mm -hmm. mark had donated something And then I saw like a couple other people were 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 donating something. I think yeah, I just think that people are are so overly sensitive um, right now with the with the climate of everything that's happening that they just need to kind of see a model of what it looks like. And I, I think that's what we we kind of mm. saw with the whole BTS. Yeah, I loved it when I I got on Instagram like I think like a couple of days after like stuff was like going kind of crazy and like the first group I seen post about it was like. Every Momoland member's Instagram mm-hmm. account had like one to three posts about it. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Of all the, I did not expect <laughs> this today. Like, I follow Chewy very closely on Instagram because I love her. So I was like, yo, this is so dope. Like, my favorite of all favorites is like posting about this. And then I seen groups to where like uh, Denise from Secret mm-hmm. Number posted it and they just took out her whole Instagram because like, Maybe it's like that thing we were just talking about, like it's the company or it could oh, be yeah. like, yo, you're a rookie. Like we haven't even got it popping yet. And you're right. you're drawing the, the wrong kind of attention. Like people, investors aren't going to like this. Like, matter of fact, next comeback, you got to sit this one out, like just to make uh, these people happy to where it's like, I just risked my whole career, my dream and my X amount of years of training just to speak out for what's right. And they going to tell me like Instagram's over and you can't perform next mm-hmm. comeback. Like what? Wait, is that really what happened? Yeah, she she posted about she posted about it, and then her account got yeah. disabled, and then uh, they like deleted a bunch of pictures of her off the group's account, and then like a hashtag started, and everybody started emailing their agency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just, I think yeah. they just debuted. They still are promoting right now, or they might have just finished. Yeah, they they just finished, and they were doing like really good. And I was like, I mean. I didn't see anything wrong with it, but I understand like it's a business over there. And maybe it's like as crazy as it sounds, it's bad for business until like BTS tweets it out or something. They're like, oh, yeah, this is OK. Oh, yeah, they do have a whole campaign about. Th- oh, yeah, this is this is totally fine, actually. And where it's like, why does it take? And they've been doing this for a year. That's what bothered me so much is like RM spoke up. He he took care of it a bunch of years ago oh, and was yeah. like, yo, I, I'm going to change. I'm going to educate myself. And he did just that. So you would think the biggest group in the world's leader, like doing it would make it like known across Korea. Like it's cool to speak up about this, like things that are actually like wrong is wrong. It's very simple. <laughs> you know, what's so funny. So I, I was watching um, DK DK TV and obviously they're in Korea. Mm-hmm. So they were saying that the, the picture that, 
that you know that the Korean television is painting of the the Black Lives Matter movement um, is actually like a little like pretty negative. So um, I think Danny, I think Danny was the one that was like kind of proposing like that you know um, um, when it comes to that like they have to take care of like their home base first. And so if the public image of what's happening, you know, in America and around the world is negative, then it actually does like what Desi was saying, it hurts their business to to talk about something like this. Um, because their their idea ideology you know what, whatever. You know, they're the thing, the thing they do um is um they um they they promote home, they take care of home, it's home base first. Mm-hmm before the world which when you think about it it makes sense mm-hmm. right like when you like when you think of an artist um let's say like beyonce beyonce will go to will will have a concert in houston and it's like it's like a massive like fair event thing like she's taking care of like her home that's her hometown it's her home city or whatever it's it's like i think it's kind of like that same thing it sucks because again like um the K-pop is, is is taking a very like interesting spike, especially here in America. And that that does have a lot to do with like, you know, um, with honestly, I don't even want to just say like BTS. It's it's all of the groups really and like the fan base and just their their culture of how they connect with their fans is so much different than what I've experienced. And I think that's that's why I got into mm-hmm. it the way that I did, because I was just like, yo, y'all really do care about us, like real talk. Yeah. And um and so it's been it, so it so like it actually would benefit them a lot more if they if they did speak out on issues like this and and connect it with their with their community but again like what Desi was saying like BTS had already did the work like the the work that they have been doing for years and the model that they have been showing us as army like it had like again it was it was a no brainer for for us as a fandom to be like okay we're going to get behind this okay we're going to do this like you know um uh the our hashtag uh, the hashtag um uh love love black army or or something like that was like trending like again way before bts had even said anything yeah. um so it like so going back to the point i think that the um i think that the, it, there is like a, a still like a little bit of like a hazy area when it comes to to these things like for for a korean like for a korean group um with their with their own hometown and like again they just debuted so like they don't even have like the the footing to to be able to do those things but it still sucks like it's just like again this is a this is a human thing it doesn't why does it have to be because it's specifically black lives matter that she had to be excluded like that mm-hmm. that's like so much yeah that that really weirded me out because i was like that's weird like this is your group makes black music is just in korean like you can't just say <laughs> like right. you can't just say something about it on top of that it's like the things that like i think seal tajan boys was like like people will say that was one of the first k-pop groups and they were literally like talking about stuff that needs to be talked oh, about yeah. like, like literally right. that's why i'm like that's so weird but i'm so glad we're in a time to where like think like right now today like everything we were people were uncomfortable talking about is what we need to talk about like don't talk about politics that's touchy don't talk about sexuality that's touchy don't talk about this where it's like okay but now we have to because we got this crazy dude in the white house and we have a bunch of like wild stuff going on all over the world and people are hating and killing people for like the way that they are the way that they look and it's like this is it's insane but now we get to talk about it 
honestly, like I, I get the business perspective part of it, but also because um, I did get messages from people who don't live in the U.S. asking me right away, instead of like the protests, they would first bring up the riots. That's all they care about. It's like, oh, are you safe? Like I saw there was riots, but they don't really know mm-hmm. why and how it became this way. And I, if, I feel like if the companies were to say something about it, I would hope that they would educate their Korean fan base about what's really going on. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they could use their platform as a way to speak up about, you know, like you said, especially if they are, you know, using your guys' culture, they might as well try to educate Korea about what's actually really going on. And I mean, I'm really happy that BTS took that step and I'm not, I'm not surprised at all because I know what they stand for. Um, and, and I hope, I mean, I'm just, I just hope that Korea will see or understand more. I mean, like I said, I watched a video where they were interviewing those people, mm-hmm. uh, interviewing people in Korea, and they say that literally that is what the media is showing, but it seemed like those people actually did research and looked things up on their own. And I hope more people will do that as well around the world. That was the Asian boss video, right? Yeah. Is that what you watched? Oh, yes, yes. I think so, actually. That's what I watched. Yeah. That was a good one. Now, since we're on the topic of BTS, <laughs> um, we all are BTS ARMY and fans here. So once the news of BTS donating came out and the actual amount came out, which, by the way, was not going to be uh, revealed yeah. by BTS, but because Variety wanted a uh, clarification or confirmation which wait, i have wait, some what stuff to say about variety because they released an article yeah oh, they were going to announce like bts donated i mean well they tweeted out their support obviously for black lives matter and then there was a statement saying that they've been donating and they're going to they're going to keep donating you know and then once the whole uh ish not the sorry the, once the article came out and it was a variety article stating the amount which was a million dollars um it stated on there that they weren't gonna reveal how much oh. but variety was the one that wanted confirmation and so that's how we learned of the actual amount mm-hmm. but they also wrote this article that about the Dear class of 2020 speech that they had in performance, which I don't want y'all to read because that's going to give them clicks. And that's a whole other conversation <laughs> because they were so petty. Like, I don't even know what Variety is doing. But anyway, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, girl, like just you, you probably could just search for it on Twitter and you can screenshot. see what people are, are saying. Yeah, a screenshot of the article. And it's just a, a mess. And it's like, really? Y'all wanted com- first, y'all wanted confirmation of how much they donated. And now you're going to be petty and write this article about their commencement speech and performance uh, what they did for the class of 20. Uh, well, basically just saying like they weren't social distancing, well, <laughs> like critiquing them. And it's like, really, y'all? Like, I, don't, I don't like people sometimes because like, why? Why? There's, I, there's nothing else to say about them but that. Like, there's like Exactly. Like there was no point. And then, um, and then after being cr- criticized, they like put in quotation marks like, um, although they do live together and it's like, really? Like, okay. Anyway, what I'm trying to get to is, um, once we found out and obviously armies matched the donation and in less than 24 hours, we were able to garner even more than $1 million for Black Lives Matters 
Black Lives Matter, sorry. Did you think we'd hit a million that soon? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen the I've seen the power of army before. As soon as I seen that, I was like, they about to get like three million dollars in like a day. Like this is <laughs> this is about to be crazy. Cause people were like hit up. I think they tagged a bunch of YouTube reactors and I was like, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I'm gonna donate right now. Yeah, I, like, I, I got tagged and I was like, oh yeah. okay. well, I mean I've been donating. That's what I said. I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, but this is good. I gotta do this. <laughs> I'll still do it. Yeah. <laughs> Once that Jose was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Literally, because I seen like everybody else donating, and I was like, I mean, this makes sense. Like, I mean, I I could donate some more money, and I was like, okay, I'll just send the screenshot because they started DMing me, and like, it got like kind of extra. I was like, oh snap! Like y'all want to make sure, like you YouTubers better pull up. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll post. <laughs> They made sure I posted on my community page and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I figured they would uh I figured they would raise it in like 24 hours because it's like this is like a um it's like a a record setting thing. Like, you know, when like the boys come back, they're like, yo, this is the plan. They get super organized and like what they whatever they have planned gets done when they said it'll get done. So 24 hours, I was like, man, watch them raise like three million dollars mm. in like 12 hours or something. Like <laughs> I would not be surprised. Like, well, big shout out to one in an army, which is the one who actually they were the ones who were yeah. keeping track of that and started the oh, yeah. hashtag match a million, yes. and we were able to do it. Which, by the way, we did have a member of that organization uh, here on our podcast as well in an interview. So they are legit, guys. If you still want to donate, mm-hmm. uh, they are legit. It's not no yeah. shady situations oh, yeah. going on. <laughs> you know, I was I was not surprised at all, just because like again, like I've only been mm-hmm. in uh, in the fandom since like like late November, but like from what I've seen of them, like like the the whole uh, James Corden thing, I was just like, wait, how much did we raise <laughs> and how long? <laughs> Hold on, what now? Like I'm like most churches don't even get organized in like three months. We organize how much money in twenty four right? hours? Like. And Army oh Pico, we, we always make jokes about like, oh my God, we're so broke. Oh, we have nothing in our wallet. But as soon as it comes to charity, minute, we're down. The minute BTS said something, they're like, oh, $500 easy. I'm like, wait, <laughs> 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 I am confused. It, yeah, it, <laughs> it happens so, so fast. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I was trying to stay off of, of social media. I take it a couple of days off just to kind of like recuperate and, and get my life together. Um, but I like I was like sort of periodically watching it. So like I saw when the first the mm-hmm. the hashtag first kind of like went um, went trending, mm-hmm. and then um, and then afterwards like everyone's like like they're like oh my god we're at eight hundred thousand dollars. I was like wait hold on this was like like two hours ago. <laughs> I mean, I am. How did you do this? And then, like, they just kept doing it. They kept doing it. And then, like, when the news hit, I just saw all of these, um, all these people just being like, "Yo, uh, K-pop fans oh, really yeah. did save the day." Like in the history books, <laughs> when we, when people are talking about this in the history books years from now, K-pop fans are going to be the heroes of this movement. They can't be telling. Yo, even Jordan Peele tweeted oh, out like with a heart, oh, like yes, to right. K-pop fans because. <laughs> Uh, they uh, they uh, uh, 
what what's it called like the the what was the Matchamillion? Oh, Lives Matter, oh, right? Was it? No, that they were like flooding with fan cams. The hashtag that White Lives Matter. Thing I was too. watching it the the that hashtag all day, and I was like in tears, laughing so hard. I was like, <laughs> y'all thought, <laughs> and and the K-pop stands were like, not on our watch, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I was so excited to see. It. I was like, I better not hear another word about a fan cam <laughs> after this. Oh. Because I didn't see anybody. I didn't. That's the only fan cams that I've seen. Because I've never had a problem with that. Like, oh, yeah. I know they're under like every tweet, but it's like I don't have. I like watching fan cams, so like I get excited, especially like if it's that. like, especially if it's like a super negative tweet or like something that's like ugly or something. I'm like, oh, cool, like mm-hmm. dope. Chunga fan cam. I was expecting <laughs> it. Like, nice. You scroll down, you expect to see like some nonsense or people arguing, and you just see like a cool fan cam of like gym and dancing. Like that makes my day half the time. Right. And then I better not be hearing that, you know, armies are a bunch of uh, little 13-year-olds. Because, come on, a bunch a bunch of 13-year-olds cannot just gather a million dollars unless they took their parents' credit card and not uh, just used it without just kidding. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. yeah. That's the weirdest thing I get, too, is like, oh, my God, you're a BTS fan? It's like, yeah, this is, it says Jimin on the back of this sweater. Like, this is, there is a lot of us. There's a lot of us my age. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us blacks. Now, so for those who are listening and want to help, what are ways that they could help with this whole movement? Uh, just search. You could literally, you could click the hashtag on Twitter right now or Google it or uh, websites. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, like, I follow the Color of Change Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's like, mm-hmm. I learned a lot from just like, surfing their page and stuff like that or you know go to those pages and hit that little drop down and like follow some people like there's some like i'm pretty sure as soon as you hit that you'll see like the black lives matter or like the showing up for uh what's their, showing up for racial justice is another good page um and just people like that Mm-hmm. definitely continuing to educate yourself even after all of this is done um and don't stop checking up on your on your on your black friends um or any marginalized group of, of people like uh, like again I, I think that this this it should not be just a moment and like just you know something to do while we're in quarantine type of thing i i, I truly believe that that we have shown the power um of uh what the power of of coming together really does look like in 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 invoking change and we've seen that like you know congress has already started you know putting up these proposals for for police reform and and um and even in new york um they they passed the eric gardner law which um um, which criminalizes using chokeholds so like your your Mm -hmm. the pressures that that we're Mm -hmm. doing in continuing to to speak out and speak up and 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 speaking up for for your people um is really really important and it really does matter and we and we need everybody it's not just going to be you know a, a thing that the black community has to hold up like we we hold each other up um in, in crisis like mm-hmm. this so we mm-hmm. like you know just just continue to to do what you need to do and and don't like you know just don't let this go by the wayside and and yeah yeah like that. uh i would say uh another thing is and this is just not just for black businesses but um if you want to continue to you know focus on that you know supporting black businesses uh as well um there's a forbes uh forbes art- article that came out uh, about four days ago um 
and it just lists out 75 black owned, black owned businesses to support from, you know, you know, financial businesses to hair, to wine, to, you know, pediatrics, like across the board. Um, uh, it just lists out different types of black businesses that exist. Um, and there are many more, um, environment, media, like all those things. Um, I feel like that's, that's a, you know, another way to help because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, supporting the, you know, maybe one day there can be another, like, you know, something similar to what the, you know, Black Wall Street was. And, and I think that, you know, aside from empathy running, you know, being a huge part of this world, um, money is also the same. Everyone has to eat and everyone wants to fulfill their passions. So um, being able to also minimize that wealth gap that Roseanne was talking about, um, supporting black businesses, I think will definitely help that. So I'd highly recommend going to go check out that Forbes article that lists out just 75. There are many, many more, but um, I think that's a, that's a big way to help overall as well. But also, you know, helping out other communities, businesses at the same time. Uh, I think for everyone listening that um, hopefully, you know, if you weren't aware and now you are aware, um, thank you for listening. And I, I hope that, you know, you can take everybody's, you know, opinions and thoughts and suggestions today and use it in your own life. Um, but I guess most of all, thank you for, you know, at least listening and um, hopefully getting some new perspective. For those who are listening and are very interested on finding you guys on social media, where can people find you? Oh, I'm uh, at Desi March, D-E-Z-Z-Y-M-A-R-C-H on like every platform that's easy wow that's so cool i had to i had to do different ones for each platform (laughs) i got luck shout out to my uncle for those two z's in my name right oh my gosh oh and what's your guys's uh podcast oh uh brizzy talk uh b-r-i-z-z-y talk what about you uh yeah nice yeah you can find me on instagram and in twitter is underscore just mo j-u-s-t-m-o with three underscores in the back uh you can find me at e-m-i-h-a-y-d-e-l and like uh roseanne jose and desi uh there is another podcast also on the himalaya app um called in my feels that i co-host along with dre um so check that out um but uh, I just want to also thank you guys uh, for you know coming together for this conversation. Um, I certainly learned more things, and um, thank you, uh, Jose and Roseanne, for you know giving uh, you know black voices the space you know to you know talk about these things. And thank you, Desi and uh, Monique, for um, you know sharing your views and feelings as well. Wow, thank you for having us. No, seriously, thank you. Yes. I mean, yes. I'm the yes. only like person that no one knows around here. So <laughs> thank you for making me feel <laughs> No, but seriously, oh, thank you for making me stop. feel like super welcomed and, and a part. And you know, I like I support all of you guys um like financially because I think that's like super important and I'll continue to do so. And um again, thank you for giving us um, wow. um black people a voice, like especially during this time, because you know, this is the first and many that we haven't and it's it's really it's really important like conversations like these is really important so so thank you so much for for wanting to do this thank you oh my god thank you so much that means a lot thank you (laughs) so that was our episode for today make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because for next week um, we'll be updating you on all that is bts and our very special guest interview 
So to stay updated, follow us on Twitter at Interlude Army PD. That is Interlude Army PD. And we also have our email address, which is interlude.army.podcast at gmail.com. That is interlude.army.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again for tuning in for such an important episode, everyone. Have an amazing week. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay healthy. Stay safe, you guys. Thank you again and hope to catch you next week. Bye. Yes. And bye, Roseanne. Bye, everyone. Bye, Arby. Bye, Jose. Bye, Arby. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.